Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller going to join us here in a couple of minutes. We will we'll push the pop quiz to close out today's show. I believe I see Scotty rolling his eyes over there. Scotty decked out in Colts gear. I believe Matt Miller, a fan of Anthony Richardson to the Colts. We'll chat about that with him. And again, I am curious a little bit about Hendon Hooker. I feel like he's a forgotten man. A couple knocks on age and ACL. So we'll uh, touch on that with Matt Miller here coming up in just a second. It is interesting that you, you wonder where – I guess the better question, Kevin, would be where would Hendon Hooker be had he not gotten hurt? You know, how much is how much of that is detriment of, of age and how much of it is health? Matt Miller joins us now. Again, the great draft analyst with ESPN. Um, just spent a week in Indianapolis. We'll chat all about – that with him right now and, and let's do start there Matt I know it's not the quarterback on the top of everyone's everyone's mind we'll get to that one but Hendon Hooker to me is such an interesting case study in the age the ACL the offense he came from in college how do you how do you view Hendon Hooker within this quarterback draft class yeah guys he would be a first round pick were it not for the ACL injury like, even understanding that he just turned 25 years old I think he, I mean, gosh, the way he's played over the last two years, I don't think he has received as much attention as it should have. Uh, we got kind of got caught up in that. You know, the first year was, all right, this is the real deal, you know, after he transferred in from Virginia Tech. I, I think to some degree the scheme has had people discount what he was able to do. But, I mean, no matter how good your scheme is, he threw five interceptions and 58 touchdowns the last two years. Like, I don't care how good your scheme is. I don't even know if I care how good your level of competition is when you're touchdown to interceptions 58 to five. I mean, that's crazy. And then obviously, you know, he brings an element to the ground game as well. He's a big quarterback. He's smart. He's, he's had, you know, he had success at Virginia tech and didn't turn the ball over there either. I think that's something that people have to go back and look at too. So he would be in that first round group for me, probably not up there with the, you know, the big four that are going to go super early just because he is older. That would be the only thing that would knock him down. But man, if we were, if you took away the knee injury, 18 to the Detroit Lions, 19 to Tampa, 20 to Seattle, I, I feel like he would probably be in that range right there. 29 to the Saints would probably be his floor. Matt, I'm going to ask a question that I've asked to a couple of people this week, but I, but I value your input on this. Are we looking at an NFL draft this year with four names at the quarterback position that are up there towards the top because A – they are four dynamic talents that are worthy of being towards the top in any given year, or B, because it's a year where there are a plethora of teams needing quarterback and a void elsewhere around, and so by default they have become the cream of the crop? I think it's a little of both. That's a really good question. I, I like the way you set that up. I, I do think to some degree it is – like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are good. They've been good for two years. We, we know who they are, right? We've been watching them a long time. We know who they are. I think those are the two where they would be up there in any given draft class. They both would have been the number one quarterback last year. I think if you go back and are able to 
somehow put them in the 2021 draft. They're not Trevor Lawrence, but they're probably ahead of Zach Wilson. For me, they would have been. You know, they're they're ahead of Trey Lance, certainly. They're ahead of Mac Jones. I actually really liked Justin Fields. I don't know that I would be able to jump them over Justin Fields, but um, I, I think they're good. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are are very interesting prospects, and they're players that I do believe are worthy of investing a pick and time and development in. But those are the guys where I worry. Are we are we focusing on the positives and ignoring the negatives, which, you know, like that is a huge part of player evaluation is what can they do versus what can't they do. But if, if, if we see four quarterbacks on the top five, to me, that will be artificial inflation of, of a player's stock because of the position he plays. Okay. I, Just you, a couple of years ago, one, two, three, those, those three quarterbacks went. And it hasn't worked out very well. No, you know? like, no, no, no. That, Certainly not the guy the going number two in Zach Wilson. Right. Matt, you touched on something here on Twitter that I want you to elaborate on for our listeners. Again, Matt Miller is our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Uh, I also think this is what you tweeted: the strong showing at the combine by the four quarterback weakens the value of the number one overall pick. Houston and Indianapolis probably not feeling as much pressure this week as they were to jump up the board. Um, in in. And I don't disagree with that. I think Chris Ballard looks at it and, and probably covets what he would maybe have to give up to move up. They may still do that. We'll see. But do you believe that Indianapolis is less aggressive at four? And if they have to select the fourth quarterback off the board or third, you believe it would be which one? Uh, I think – so I don't think Indy has to be as aggressive. I'll say that. I don't think there's the pressure to get to number one today like there was a week ago. I really don't. I, I just – why you know, like what who are you jumping so like let's say that let's say you love Bryce Young you believe he's the guy is he that much better than CJ Stroud to where you feel like you have to give up future first round picks to me the difference between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud is not future first round picks especially on a roster that, that needs a left tackle that needs another wide receiver that needs a pass rusher like there are the Colts are not one quarterback away so to me it's not worth the future picks right so if they stay at four so much hinges on what happens at one. But if you stay at four, you have I think you have a realistic shot at Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Now, for Indy, I think Will Levis is more intriguing because he could play right away. And I think you have an owner that is very impatient and wants to win right now. So I don't think you're in a spot where you can say, all right, let's bring in Jacoby Brissett and draft Anthony Richardson, and we've got now uh, you know a five-year plan. I, I think it's more – Hey, we got to win. We got to win quickly. So if, if you're staying at four, assuming somebody trades to one for Bryce Young, assuming that the Texans would take CJ Stroud at two, you're looking at Will Levis at four. Okay, Matt Miller's with this ESPN draft analyst at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Um, Matt, feel free to, you know, whatever, rip this. But when you look at the three quarterbacks, and let's put Levis to the side just for the exercise, if you're going to go play a game tomorrow, would Bryce Young make the most sense? If you were going to bet on the safest pick for the next decade, would C.J. Stroud make the most sense? And then lastly, if you're betting on the most potential, is that Anthony Richardson? It is like kind of boiling down to those three guys. Is that how you view those three, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Bryce Young is – I love Bryce Young, and I, I, like, I don't ever want to sound like I'm discounting him. He's my top quarterback. He's my number two overall player. Like, I love Bryce Young. But he, he is small, you know, and how long can he hold up? I, I think for more 
Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, the situation matters more. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be just fine wherever he lands because he's, you know, he's big. He's got a, a good, not great arm, but it's it's good. He's got great accuracy. He has a really good understanding of, you know, just how to throw a catchable football and get the most out of his weapons. But I do think you put them in the right silos of. If I needed to go out and win tomorrow, I would I would take Bryce Young. He carried a bad Alabama team this year. I think people overlooked that. Of they just hear Alabama. I think, oh, my God, he was loaded. There will, there's not another Alabama player other than Jameer Gibbs, a running back, who will be selected in the top 100 picks on offense. Like, it was just not a good offense this year. He really carried them. They would have been, like, 6-6 six and six without him probably. I mean, so it, I don't want to discount Bryce Young just because he came in at 5'10", and just because we know he's going to struggle to, to play around 200 pounds. He's, he's really, really good. But to me, the difference between he and C.J. Stroud is not that big. Matt, this year's draft in terms of overall talent is richest at what position? Oh, wow. Corner, probably. Uh, I think cornerback is really, really deep. We're going to see a lot of five maybe corners in the first round. Tight end is crazy deep, too. We might not see the run on those guys early, but I think there are like six or seven starting caliber tight ends in this class. Uh, Those would be the two where I feel really good about it. Offensive tackles, pretty good, not great. Quarterback is I like five of them. After that, there's a pretty big drop off. But if I, you know, if I would say there's a what's the strength? I would say corner, tight end, and defensive end are your big groups in this draft that are that are super talented. Not just at the top, but really all the way through. When you say five at quarterback, by the way, we're talking about the four that everybody, you know, Levis, Richardson, Young, and Stroud, and then I'm assuming Hooker's the fifth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. The the position that is the driest this year, the position that you do not want to have on your roster a need for going into this draft is what? Defensive tackle. Uh, Jalen Carter is a top five talent. We're going to see what happens with his you know, off-field situation. It's going to definitely raise a lot of questions, and, and I don't have those answers yet. We have about 50 days to figure those out. Um, but I, I think after that, you get into Kalijah Kansi from Pitt, who is undersized, you know, at six foot one, 280 pounds. Uh, you get into Brian Brissy from uh, Clemson, who, you know, last two years have really been a wash for him because of, you know, a torn ACL. His sister passed away, and then he had a kidney infection that's just really made, you know, his off-field situation almost, you know, impossible the last few years. So after after Jalen Carter, there is a pretty big drop-off. Again, it's Matt Miller from ESPN. You've heard him on with us before. Outstanding draft coverage at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Matt, I want to ask you about a couple of local guys. Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame product, you know, probably didn't light the combine on fire, but just strikes me as just a damn good football player. And then not sure how much you've dove into Aiden, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Yeah, not the most fleet of foot, but certainly um, had some nice success in his collegiate days at Purdue. Uh, any thoughts on Mayer and or Aiden O'Connell? Mayor's still my top tight end. Like you said, no, the combine wasn't great. No one should have expected it to be great. That's not his game, right? I mean, he's he's a 250-pound inline tight end. He's not going to blow up the combine. But I'll say this, he didn't drop a single ball in his workout and looked great in you know, run-blocking drills. Like, that's who he is. If you want a fast tight end, draft Dalton Kincaid. If you want somebody that you never know when he's on the field what he's going to be. Like, you don't – like, there are some tight ends, you put them out there – it's like, oh, okay, they're throwing the ball because he's on the field. You know, like a Mike Gusecki. Michael Mayer is the type of dude, you could put him out there and the defense has no idea what you're doing because he's so versatile. So I, I'm still a big fan of his. I still think he should be a first-round pick. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, 
you're right. He's not going to blow you away with his arm strength. He's not going to blow you away with his foot speed, but he's incredibly accurate. I mean, I, I love his story, you know, to go from a walk-on to becoming so prolific as a pastor in college and, and you know, to really add a program that I, I think it's fair to say was struggling when he got there. He's played really well. Uh, he and Charlie Jones, one of my favorite duos this past year, what they were able to do. So I think Aiden has a shot to be a top 100 draft pick. He's got a shot to work his way into, you know, would it, would it shock me if in two years he's a starter? Absolutely not, because he's just so accurate. He's so smart. He plays with such great touch. There's always going to be a need for a player like that when, you know, when maybe some of the athletic guys that we're hoping develop don't. I, we see teams fall back to the Aiden O'Connells all the time. Matt, we'll end with this. Um, Jake, my co-host, and myself, we are obsessed with the city of Indianapolis. Uh, we think every event, frankly, should be held here uh, for the rest of time. So you're coming on Indianapolis radio, and now I'm like, please talk nice about our city. Luckily, you did that yourself on Twitter just a few days ago. Why do you feel like there's just this overwhelming consensus on an annual basis, whether it's GMs, coaches, or media members, that they just laud Indianapolis for their ability to host the combine. Well, I mean, India is a convention town. You know, I mean, you guys have the amazing, you know, ICC, which is phenomenal. It's huge. Uh, I, I've been lost in there multiple times. But I also think what what the NFL needs to remember, and I hope they ask some of us who actually do this for a living, is Indianapolis is the only city in America, maybe outside of New York, in my opinion at least, that you can you can walk everywhere. It is a truly walkable city, and you have the hotels for the for meetings and dinners, and you have you know the hotels and, and the restaurants, and everything is like where you need it right there. But also, I don't want to go to L.A. and spend my week in a car. Like I I I really don't. I've been to L.A. for events before, and I spend like three hours a day in a car. Who has time for that with all the stuff we have to do at the combine? Do you want players? You know, sitting in a car, I, I mean, maybe they can have them stay right at SoFi, but they're not going to put the 8,000 media members that, that are now at the Combine there as well. So, to me, Indy is perfect for the Combine. You know, it's, it's why you guys do such a great job with, you know, Big Ten championships as well. Is You can put a lot of people in a very small area, and you never feel cramped. And also, like, those of us who work in and around the NFL, we are creatures of habit. I go to the same restaurants the same nights every year in Indianapolis. And I'm great with that. I like that I don't have to think like, oh, man, I don't know my way around here. What are we going to do for dinner tonight? Where can I go to bump into the scouts and agents so that I can do my job? We would have to completely start over. So not only is Indy great at hosting the Combine, but for selfish reasons, I'm, I know my way around Indy, and I really, really, really don't want to have to learn another place. <laughs> Hell yeah. Standing ovation Matt Miller is getting right now from LA, ourselves nice, and certainly our listening audience. Favorite non-St. Elmo restaurant, Matt? Prime. Prime is actually like my my night two in Indy every year. I go to Prime. It's I love it. Uh, Elmo's is, you know, you got to go, right? You got to get the shrimp cocktail. You got to do it. I think Prime does. Like They do a great job start to finish. It's it's fantastic. You can't go wrong, though. Um, you really can't. I think this year I did I – did, I don't know. I don't want to give out free advertising on your show. I did a lot of the steak places. None of them disappointed. I'll tell you that. I love it, Matt. Thanks, man. Great stuff. I know it's been a busy uh, decompressing from the combine a little bit. So appreciate you making time for us. Absolutely, guys. Thank you.